0: Uh, There was a young lady who is a granddaughter of one of the uh, people that live there. And uh, she came in and and she said, I want to to be a missionary and I'm looking for a Christian college. And and I told her about champion and she said, you know, I've heard about it. She goes, I heard it's accredited. She goes, word's getting out. And so she said, listen, I I live in Hot Springs. Why not? Isn't that great? God just put that kind of in our laps today afternoon. So God is working. In miraculous ways. Hey, I want to do something before we get started. I want to attempt every week to do something to connect us to the year of the child. And uh, as you can see, our, our decorations really have to do with our school because for the first three months of the year, uh, we've we designated that season to just make sure we, we emphasize a project in the Christian school. Tim Gillespie, our principal is working on a project to present to the church. That's one reason why I want to get the nursery project out of the way. I appreciate Otis Pressler, who has already contacted uh, Tim and said, Hey, man, our small group wants to get involved. How can we help you in the Christian school with this project? And that's, that's huge, and I love that. But I want to do this. We, we preached last week the theme. And to keep it before us and to keep us accountable and to keep just a little healthy Holy Spirit, you know Pressure. I don't want it to come from me But I want you to I want you to be thinking and praying I don't want it to slip through our fingers here the opportunity to serve in one of those six children's ministries and so Man, I would ask that you would go ahead and I just want every family to get one I mean just kind of raise your make sure everybody gets one if you're by yourself get one of these all it is, And just kind of, yeah, just give them out kind of like organically here as you walk through the auditorium. I'll talk while you're doing that. These are simply little reminders, uh, rather an opportunity for you to mark uh, a ministry that you'd like more information about. Now, this is a result of last Sunday's sermon. So this is not like a weird thing. What are you talking about? Unless you weren't here last Sunday. And of course, everybody that doesn't come always listens to the message on the iPod, right? Sure, you always, I know that. Everybody listens to the podcast if you miss. So I'm not even worried. Everybody's heard the sermon. I'm just joking. And uh, But if you would, mark one or two of these. Now, all you're saying when you do it, all you're saying is I'd like more information. Because if we miss this opportunity, then the year of the child is going to be, I think, less effective and less impactful. Because the only way for these ministries to thrive is for people, flesh and blood, for, for, the, for the body of Christ to attach itself to one of these and say, look, I, I'm, I'm in. I'm, I'm going to help in some way in one of these six or two of these six ministries. And then what we'll do is we'll actually, because you're going to give us your name, we're just going to give this to the ministry leader, whoever that is. Obviously, if it's the Christian school, it's, it's Brother Gillespie. If it's the nursery, it's going to be Brother, Bra, uh, Brother Mrs. Uh, Brassel. If it is uh, Kids Incorporated, it's, it's going to be uh, Bridget Clowers and so on. So you met those folks last week. This is going to be great. Turn these in. Uh, please, please, please turn them in at the end of the service. It's not something really you, you probably even need to pray about because you're not committing to anything. You're just looking at a list of ministries and saying, you know, I feel like my gifts, my abilities, my experience would fit best here. I want to know more. That's it. And that would give us a good head start. If we get... 50 or 100 of those back where we can start having little townhouse meetings around, uh, you know, around those things. It's, it's going to be awesome. So praise the Lord. Thank you for accepting that. And uh, and let's keep thinking about our Christian school and pray. We, hey, we've had nine new students in the past seven days. Isn't that great? Our enrollment is exploding. Uh, and we've doubled the, 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 uh, the student body really in about three years, Marlena. Wouldn't you say about two to three years? We've almost doubled the student body. So we're excited. And it's it's just going great. So I think we're in a good season right now to be talking about what can we do to improve the school. All right, James chapter 5. In just a moment, I'm going to read a passage of Scripture. Now, if you remember, this is very important because this message is going to lay the foundation for the series. That's what this message is about. It's a foundation message. And so really, uh, this message is is primarily for the church, primarily. Now, if you're a, a, a guest... Great. I mean, you, you, this will give you a good picture of what you would be in store for a gospel light by, by being a part of our body. If you are someone who's just sort of kind of come this one Sunday, you not not sure about even what it means to be a Christian or what it means to, to be a church member. You're not sure about that. Yeah. You've had a bad experience. Somebody kind of drug you to church this morning. It matter. We're glad you're here. And, uh, but, but primarily this message is going to be for those of us who are, you know, weekly attenders or regular attenders, and I think you'll see what I mean. Because to lay the foundation of a series like this is very, very important. Now, I say this only because I, I sincerely believe it could be a life-changing series, not like the prayer series was to our individual lives, but I think this could be a life-changing series for families and for our church. This is the kind of sermon series that can double or triple the attendance of your church, not because uh, you've strategically done anything, but just because you've let the Holy Spirit work and move in our hearts and bring people back home. It's incredibly exciting for me to be diving into this truth, and I'm absolutely blown away by what the Holy Spirit is showing me. So I want you to be, be careful to listen. Now, James is interesting. He's an interesting character. If you follow along New Testament books, you'll find that most of them, most of them, most of Paul's writings especially, but most books end with some sort of a, you know, hey, tell, I, I beseech you to tell so-and-so, you know, how, you know make sure you tell him hi, and uh, it's been good talking to you, sincerely, Paul. You know, I mean, it, it, it's funny. Most of the books in the Bible end with this kind of this, you know, it fades away into a, you know, thanks for listening, it's it's been good talking to you, you know, and, and that's it. James, different. James kind of comes at you with, in, in James chapter 5, with, you know, a lot of thought on prayer, call the elders of the church, hey, let's get with this thing, let's really... And then he finishes off by giving us this incredible, motivating statement. Two verses, and that's it. It's like, that's all I've got to say. It's not goodbye, it's not nice talking to you, it's not sincerely, it's just, hey, let's get with it, church. Let's, that's what he's saying. So w- want you to see it on the screen. All right, here it is. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know. This is my last statement to you. I'm signing out. Let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. See ya. I mean, that's that's not usually how I leave my wife when I leave the house, you know. I mean I mean, use have a little more affectionate than that James here, I think has got to a place where he is so burdened about God's people getting comfortable in the luxuries of salvation and we get comfortable in our padded pews and in our in our families that we forget about what he describes as the wanderers and so by the time we leave today, my goal is that we would know how we can do that together. How can we do that? That sounds exciting to me. I want to be a part of something like that. I want to get people back. I want to save people from death. I want to cover sin. I want to be a part of that. How can I do that? Well, well, James says, you got to do it together. It's not a solo act. And so, as a church family, for instance... You know the girl that got baptized April this morning. Listen, it's going to be a team effort. A- April, April's story is 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 tragic and yet amazing, and I and I can, had a great conversation with her to just share just enough so you would know. And then what I mean by enough is just what I've said, really. So you would know that if it were not for someone who reached out at IHOP one night to a girl sitting by herself on a little bench. And say, look, you know, let's go to church. And then gets her to the pastor. And so the pastor can, can pray with her so she can get baptized. So then she can, 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 can get in a small group like she was Wednesday night. Luke Chittum's small group. And she can begin to connect and, and get two or three calls from me this week. And, and meet my wife this week. And I mean, already since Sunday, we have been working like crazy to just bring this little girl home. Three children, four, three, and, and one. And she needs help. How, how does a 21-year-old mother that's wandered away from a preacher's home, how does she get back? It takes a It takes a family. It takes people who say, you know what? My heart is touched by that story. That's incredible. How can I be a part of something like that? That's just one story of dozens that can happen in this church in the next month. Dozens of wanderers coming home this is a very motivating message to me this is so inspiring that it's one of those messages that i can promise you i will not preach monotone do i ever preach monotone okay and uh, but i won't preach this this will not be like you know sharing some deep thought with a bunch of big words i can assure you this is i'm going to lay it out on the top shelf easy to get right bottom shelf <laughs> easy to get so so you can understand what god is calling us to all right number one Let's start with this. The problem we're talking about exists inside the church. The problem of wandering... In fact, the whole text says that. It says, brothers. Now, just that first word, brothers, indicates that he's talking to us. Those of us sitting in church, brothers. Uh, King James says, brethren, meaning men or women, brothers, everybody. I'm, I'm not talking to... This is not gender specific. This is just everybody in the church. Brothers, if anyone among you. You see, James' concern is not wandering people, but wandering Christians. People who have wandered from the truth, wandered from what they know maybe is right, wandered from something they've heard to be true. And people who embrace the truth, and then wander away from it is a problem. I've been pastor here for 25 years, and that list is growing all the time. Every month that goes by. Has anyone ever told you, well, if everybody came to church on one Sunday that's ever been here, we'd have 17,000. Where are the other 16? Many times, they've wandered, and we're okay with that, because we haven't. And so what happens is the church of God becomes very content to just sit and soak in and enjoy and drink coffee and have a great time and listen to worship and raise our hands and graduate from Bible college and join a small group with a bunch of other Bible college graduates and that's the extent of our Christianity. But but God says there's more to it than that. If any among you, people that we know, They used to sit behind me at church. They used to sit in front of me at church. I know these people. I see them. I mean, when I see them at Walmart, we go in two different directions because, you know. No, I don't know. Actually, I do know. I've done that. You ever done that? And so this this morning and for the next five weeks, we're going to call the wander home. We're saying come back home. And it's not just to the one that you're thinking this morning, just the wanderer that's out of church. It could be the wanderer that's in church, and we'll get to that in just a moment. So so don't exclude yourself. Let me give you the five answers to the question. Name the kind of person who wanders. Let's let's get five people that wander wander. What are their names? What do they look like? Who are they? Number one, there's the prodigal wanderer and that's the one that everybody really connects with because that story in scripture, the prodigal son is one that we all kind of know. You know, this is the guy that's rebellious, right? This is the guy that's cussing Christians out. He's, he's getting drunk every night or whatever. I'm, I'm just throwing stuff out there. I mean, you you know the list. I mean, he's he's just rebellious. He He's saying some really hateful things. Um, he, he's he's doing what he wants to do. He's out there just, you know, uh, nobody tells me what to do. Most of the time we kind of can of these people to be young and rebellious, but can I tell you, I'm meeting more 60s and 70-year-olds like this. I mean, just because you're t- 20 doesn't, doesn't mean you know, you're in this group of rebellious people. No, no, they're, they're, there's folks 40, 50 years older than you that are in this group. And, and they're rebellious, and they just kind of pr- wandered away from God. Secondly, there's what I'm, I'm going to identify as the pleasure-seeking wanderer. Here is someone that just wants to do what they want to do. If it feels good, I'm going to do it, regardless of who it affects. I know i got kids, but I like meth. I know I've got a wife, but I like women and porn. I mean, okay, I, I understand, but I, I, this is what I want to do. If she can't handle it, then whatever. This is the guy that just doesn't care. This is the girl that doesn't care. They just do what they want to do. They, they If it feels good, they're going to do it. They, the, the fact that the Bible says that the pleasure of sin for a season hasn't Hasn't really come to them yet. They they, they haven't considered the fact that that's a dead-end road. The pleasures of sin are only for a season. There's an incredible storm ahead. Then thirdly, there's the wounded wanderer. And this is a person who has a story, and and their story usually includes a person, a name. Not God. It's usually not God. It's usually a parent. It's usually a child that says, yeah, my, my, my mom and my dad, you know, I just, I, I just haven't gotten along with them and they, they try to stuff religion down my throat. Or maybe it's a pastor. Maybe it's a pastor that just, you know, he, he's real arrogant in the pulpit. I've been there. I've been guilty of being the pastor that's, you know, pointing the finger. And sure, I, I don't know if a pastor that had preached for 25 years that wouldn't say I'm guilty sometimes of being that person that somebody out there is wounded because of me. Maybe it's just a person, just a person in your life, a teacher, a coach, somebody, but they're wounded. Now, let's take a little break right here and just, let's just see if, if I'm connecting. Could I do that timeout? My hand's gonna go up just so you'll know. Anybody know a prodigal wander? Anybody got, could you could your hand go up just real quick if you know to, my hand's up. Yeah, he's somebody that's just sort of away from God and they, they're rebellious right now. How about, um, what was the second one? A pleasure-seeker wander. Anybody? I, I, yep. Hey, don't raise your hand. Anybody ever been there? Anybody ever been that pleasure-seeking wanderer? What about a wounded wanderer? Know one of those? Oh, everybody should know one of these. I mean, honestly, if you live life, you know somebody that's been wounded in their lives, and they're not going to church, potentially. They're not connected spiritually to God right now because they're just hurt. Number four, there is the ashamed wanderer. Here is someone who has fallen maybe into sin and they just can't get up. They can't go back to church. I'm ashamed. That's what scripture teaches in Galatians 6.1. If a, if a man be overtaken in a fault, that's what that verse means. Someone who's been overtaken by a mistake they've made and the church is gossiping about them. Not helping them, not reaching out to them, not trying to bring them back, but talking about them. Why would they want to come back? They're shamed. They've made a mistake. And they're just afraid everybody knows and everybody's talking and they've been overtaken in a fall. And then there's the distracted wanderer. The interesting thing about the distracted wanderer is they're often in church, they're just on their cell phone. They don't really know what the sermon was about because they're flipping through Instagram. That's a lot better than than most sermons. And that's probably true. I hate to say it. But in my profession, a lot of times we just aren't really producing a lot worth listening to. And I apologize for that. And I don't want to be guilty of that. But, but but oftentimes it's just because they're distracted. Distracted by hunting season. You know, hey, i see you Sunday. You crazy? Got to get my deer. Whoa. Doesn't sound like somebody connected to spiritual things. I'm... Uh, they're connected to sports, they're connected to AAU basketball, they're, they're, they're just distracted. Good people, they're, they're, they're sometimes in church, sometimes not in church, but they're just distracted and they're wandering. The Bible says, go get them! Go get them! That's what Scripture teaches. Go get the wanderers. They'll come back, but not without some help. Not without some help. God's spirit is going to be bringing some people to your mind while we are bringing this message this morning. All of a sudden, someone is going to come to your mind. In preparation of this, I've had numerous families, people, friends, acquaintances, high school friends, college friends from where I went to seminary, friends I've made that live in the city that have wandered away. There's names that have been coming to my mind. No one is beyond the reach of God's grace. No one. In fact, scripture says, My brethren, if anyone among you, anyone, anyone is just anyone, everyone, it's not too complicated. You say, Well, you don't know my situation. You want to hear April's? If you got an hour, she'll tell you it's been tough. It's complicated, it's messy. She got baptized this morning. You ought to heard the young lady that came forward this morning weeping and fell right at that altar. 36 years old. She pointed up at Sonia and said she used to pick me up on a bus when I was a kid. 36. I said, she goes, I've got a brother that used to come here. I said, what's your brother's name? He said, Chantel. Remember Chantel, Joe? Chantel rode my bus. She said, he lives in Arizona now and he's doing good. I said, Letaia, what do you want to do? She goes, I want to come back home. I want to do that sermon. I want to do that title. Whatever that title, I want to do that. How do you you come back home? I said, not by yourself. You come back home to a bunch of people that are excited. You're not judged. We don't need to know all the mess. We just need to know you're loved here, and we're going to pick up pieces and make this work. And say, here's what the Pharisees say. Well, I'll see if she'll come back next week. What are you worried about next week before? You're going to wait around until next week, see if she comes back. Why don't you call her tomorrow? See, this has convicted me because I am so tired of people sitting back and saying, well, we'll just see. What do you mean, we'll just see? Yeah, if we do that, she won't stick. Why would anybody want to come back to a church if we're all waiting to see if they really meant it? I mean, it's not about a week a month let's see if they stick it's about you and i getting engaged in their lives inviting them to small group taking them to lunch loving them texting them calling them it's incredible how much that goes into this but it's it's not it's not all that hard because it's so refreshing you say why are you so on fire this morning why not i've been bringing wanderers home this week it's been a blast it's actually like fulfilling the purpose for you, which you were created. To glorify God and bring others to a place where they can glorify. It's awesome. Let's look at the definition of wandering. The King James uses the word, if anyone errs from the truth. Nothing wrong with that word. We, I like the word wandering. I think it has a definition that really fits the message. And so I I chose that translation and the word wandering simply means this, to proceed without a proper sense of direction. I'm, I'm, I'm going somewhere, but I don't really know where I'm going. I don't have any direction in my life. It's the same Greek word that's used in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 12. What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the 99 of the mountain and go and search of the one that went astray. Same word. Same word for that one who went astray, who wandered from the fold, and everybody said, let's go get the one and bring them back. Come back home. Same word, wandering. Now, how do people wander? Well, it's interesting. Sometimes they wander foolishly from God. They, You, know, you ask them how they ended up where they're at, and they say, I don't know. i just crazy. I don't know. It's... I just, I, I I went to this party or I, I did, you know, I, I, I can't, it's just, I messed up, I just need help. And sometimes there really isn't a an explanation other than just it was some foolish decisions and they're just not, but other times it's a sheep in wolf's clothing that takes them away. Have you seen that movie, Taken? <sighs> yeah, scary movie, you know. And, 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 and I, 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 you can't imagine some bad person coming into someone's life and taking them away from from what's best. But so there's so many wolves out there. In fact, this week there was a sex trafficking class at National Park College, for which I had to miss because of a, a leadership conference, and I dreaded it. But I've got a lot of information, and we're going to get engaged through a lady in our church by the name of Susan, who comes to the first service, who is like, She's in all the way. And she's basically saying, preacher, preacher, preacher. You're not a pastor if you don't care about this. <laughs> and she's, she's wearing me out, like Tony and Marcia did about fostering. She's wearing me out just as much because 85% of those who are sex trafficked come out of foster's home situations. So it's connected. But most sex trafficking situation stories are not just somebody saying, you know what, I think I'll go sell myself. It's somebody that comes into their life—a bad person, somebody who takes them, cons them, slips them some drugs, uh, c- convinces them this is what's going to be a better career. It is someone, a relationship, a bad relationship, and takes them away. Wandering begins with one step in the wrong direction. One step. If I if I'm if I am going to that door, right, then then it, it's easy, right? Isn't it easy? Just, just go to the door, right? Just don't. But if right here I decide three inches, just that much, I'm not getting to the door. I just, three inches. Are you serious? One decision, one friend, one Sunday missed, one bad step in the wrong direction begins potentially... Wandering into a really bad place. I read this story. I found it this morning, actually, on a frigid Canadian night, 13-month-old. Yes, 13 months. Her name's Erica. She wandered. It literally says the word, wandered. That's why I was looking up. I was trying to find a story on wandering, and I found this one. She wandered outdoor in nothing but a diaper and a T-shirt. But despite the little girl's exposure to sub-zero temperatures, plastic surgeon Gary Lobe says she is, she's going to walk again. Erica had been sleeping in a bed with her mother and a three-year-old sister. If you want to read the whole story, just type in Wander, Erica, Canada, Frozen. And it's like the most unbelievable story you've ever read. In your, I, mean, I, I couldn't believe it. Just first time I read it this morning, and I thought I'd bring you a piece of it. So she, she wakes up. She's sleeping with mom. She gets out of bed. She wanders out into the cold. She's 25 pounds. They find her four hours later. She's frozen. Her lips are frozen. Her legs are frozen. Her feet are frozen. She didn't breathe for 90 minutes. You got to read the story. I'll stop there because honestly, it would take too long to develop the story. Canada, Erica, frozen, wandering, okay? The amazing thing about this story is just the fact that she wandered away. She wandered away. And she came into a dangerous situation a storm in life and how many of us need to wake up right now and get back to shore before the storm trashes you and the people you love come back now what do people wander from well let's let's follow the text it's pretty cool god's word is like really good it's like really good it answers the question what do people wander from my brother's If anyone among you wanders from the truth, people wander from the truth. What is the truth? Well, Jesus is the way the. okay, so they wander from Jesus. The church is the pillar and ground of the truth. So they wander from church, the truth. They wander from Jesus, the truth. But really, it doesn't say Jesus and it doesn't say the church. It's interestingly, it uses the word truth there. In fact, what does your version say? I've already checked them all out. It's truth, okay? No matter what version you got. It says truth. Okay, so there's there's no question about this word. People wander from what they know to be the truth. They they know this. They've been among us. They've heard the truth, and they wander from the truth into error. John chapter 17, verse 17, puts it like this. Sanctify them through thy truth, because thy word is truth truth i love psalm chapter 119 thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path thy word thy word is truth thy word is light it is a lamp because people who have wandered from the truth are not in the light they are in darkness they're in darkness. Does that bother you at all that people are in darkness this morning? Are you moved at all with compassion for the one who woke up this morning after wandering all night in, in drugs and alcohol and prostitution and maybe you're just away from the truth and they woke up this morning in darkness? Does that, does that do anything to move you to some point of compassion to want to make a difference? Because God's word is light. God's Word shows us what to do. God's Word gives us direction. God's Word is guidance. God's Word tells us what's right. God's Word tells us what's wrong. And so many are lost in darkness. And here's what God says. Go get them. Go get them. Go get the wanders. You know, my heart is heavy for these people. They're out there. Yesterday I was at a restaurant, or Friday I was at a restaurant with Judge Ohm um and Pastor Dave here, and we were just chatting at Colorado Grill, and, and so the waitress comes up to the table, and and, and God is so good, because he knows my heart. I, I've been working on this message for three or four weeks, and I'm I'm just really convicted. I'm just convicted. And I'm just saying, God, you got to orchestrate some things for me. So she comes up to the table, and she says, do I know you? And I'm not just telling you a story. I mean, Dave was there. Ralph was there. Do I know you? I said, I don't know. I... She says, do you know J.D. Weedo? I said, well, yeah, that's a pastor from El Yeah, yeah, my dad went to his church, and then my dad got called to preach, and my dad became a pastor. Problem is, I haven't talked to my dad in five years. I don't want anything to do with him. He tried to shove religion down my throat, and I just have been running ever since. And I said... Well, maybe it's not a coincidence that you're going to be our waitress. I said, where do you live? She says, I live on Ward Street. Actually, you pastor Gospel Light, right? Yeah, I do. She goes, I live a half a block away from the church. I thought about the last time I've knocked on the doors in this neighborhood. It's been years. But anyway, I said, well, I said, you know, you ought to come hear me preach. And she goes, well, maybe. And then we just kind of, loved on her for the rest of the meal and she'd come in service and and finally judge says preacher you think i should leave a pretty big tip i said man big i mean when somebody else is paying it's easy to say that right <laughs> i said judge we, we got to do something here so i don't know i think the meal might have been 25 he left like 50 you know and so he, he said, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just let her know we want to be a blessing to her, but then I'm going to invite her to church. So the judge, you know, nobody can invite somebody to church like a lawyer. I'm telling you, it's, you don't want to get invited by a lawyer. I mean, it's, it was intense, judge. In fact, that's why I'm in church this morning after hearing. So he, you know, he ultimately, she, you know, he did it lovingly, but she, she promised she would come next Sunday. She couldn't come this Sunday. And I was almost glad because I'm not really preaching to her this Sunday. I'm preaching to you. We're kind of glad, but she said she'd be here next Sunday, and maybe there is somebody like that here that would say, "Well, that is me." I'm. It's just that most people that I serve at a w- at a restaurant, they leave me a track with a five percent tip. So they give me Jesus, but they want to, you know, they see. The truth of the matter is, some of the best opportunities you have to witness to people are when you go out to eat. It's incredible. We could probably, if if Christians would just make a difference where they went to eat, we could change the world. Anyway, long story short, God really gave me an opportunity to reach out to a girl that has not talked to her dad in five years and has wandered far away. And I know the problem exists and I'm wondering, do I have enough compassion to reach out to her? You know, I'm a sports fanatic and I got to thinking back in my lifetime, because a lot of times it helps me to think About sports, when I'm trying to relate to scriptural truth, just because I'm such a passionate guy about sports. Not everybody is. It's just it's a problem I've got. You know, I love I love sports, and so I have to be. I don't really give a lot of illustrations about sports because I'm not sure that everybody would care. But can I give you this? When I was thinking back to my childhood, and I was trying to think of somebody that 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 I followed in sports and admired in sports. That is gone astray, and, and the name Dennis Rodman came to mind. Anybody ever heard of Dennis Rodman? Dennis Rodman played for the Detroit Pistons, was one of the best, if not the best, rebander in the NBA. All-star, several times selected, really great player, and one that, you know, you just, you would model your defense after this guy. Nobody in the NBA plays defense like they did back in the 80s and 90s. Nobody. They don't even play defense anymore until the fourth quarter. Back then, they played all game long. And so, and by the way, it's affected high school basketball, believe me. Everybody's tired after a quarter. Back then, they played all four minutes defense the whole game, and nobody ever got tired. I'm not sure what's happening to our society today. But anyway, <laughs> see, sports gets in me. See how it happens? You see, you see what just happened? <laughs> so I watched Dennis Rodman. I remember the first time he showed up with green, orange, purple, yellow hair. I mean, it was before everybody had green. I mean, before you had green, yellow, purple, orange hair, okay? But back then it was like, uh-oh, and then 17 earrings and nose rings. And then I heard him interviewed, and you could tell he was just high. He was flying like a kite. And you could just see Dennis Rodman's life begin to fall apart. Even to this day, he's still wandering. And I thought, how many times have I said, he's a freak show? That guy's crazy. I mean, look at a weirdo. Oh, that's satanic. I'm sorry. God, forgive me. Why would I do that? No compassion. Listen, here's why. Here's why I know that's wrong. Here's why I know that's wrong. Because God loves Dennis Rodman as much as God loves me. So why would I think that? I I personally feel like that is a believer, a Christian, a pastor, even a preacher who, who is who's gotten out of touch with calling wanderers home. We judge wanderers. We judge their condition, the way they look. We we can't get past that so we don't even go near them when, when the condition is their heart. And God loves them. And if we would wake up and realize the opportunity that God has given all of us, there is a problem. It exists. Number two, and this is the good news, the remedy is possible. The remedy is possible. God receives wanderers. Amen. God restores wanderers. God forgives wanderers. And let me blow you away. God celebrates them. No, no, he does. He celebrates wanderers. Let me prove it to you. Luke 15, 7 on the screen. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than the 99 just persons but need no repentance. You know what heaven gets fired up about? When wanderers come home. Heaven is fired up. You want to start a celebration. You want to see a fireworks display like no fireworks display. Bring somebody to church next Sunday who's been away from God. Heaven gets fired up about that. Oh, I believe that. I'm convinced. I'm buying into this. Now I want you to think of someone that you're thinking of that is a, a distracted wanderer, a prodigal wanderer, a, a pleasure-seeking or wounded or ashamed wanderer. Think of who that might be and ask God to orchestrate for you a divine appointment. Begin now. Who, God, please, set that up. Orchestrate that, God. Could, could you co- allow me to come into the path of someone that, that I could... Reach out to in such a way that would give me an opportunity to invite them to my small group this week or to the services this week or, man, especially since I know preachers preaching on come back home. Be really cool. God, would you do that? You know, I think that's a prayer God would answer for us. I think God'd probably answer it in the next 24 hours. By the way, good to see you back for the second service. Lataya, right? Kataya. Kataya's the 36 year old that came down and prayed with me. You heard me just talk about you, right? I didn't see you. I wasn't gossiping, I promised. I'm okay? You still love me? Give me a hug. Come on, give me a hug. <laughs> All right. I love you, girl. Okay. That's great, isn't it? And so God, God's going to orchestrate. By the way, let me just brag on Corey. Corey, you here? Yeah. Corey, it's crazy. You know, I, I, I'm telling Corey how proud I am of him for what he did for April, right? So I'm like, Corey, man, where'd he go? So then Lataya comes to the altar and she says, I just want you to know, this guy, Corey Philpott, he's so on fire. He's like, I went to work with him at IOP, and all he could talk about is God's awesome, and God's awesome, and church is awesome, and God's awesome. So I'm like, the two wanderers that came home this week, both, Corey, you're stinking fire and emotion and passion. I need some of that. I do. Anybody else need some of that? I mean, or is this Corey a freak show that we're all just going to say, yeah, but you know. His girlfriend's got a nose ring, so he can't be straight. And she does. Who cares? Get past the nose ring, dudes and gals. Get past that. It's not that important. With the big picture, it's not about nose rings, earrings, colored hair, the big picture's the heart. And if God wants to deal with him about that later, great, but that does not matter. We can't make that an issue. We live in 2017. The world's going to hell in a handbasket, and we're going to sit around and say, "Yeah, but this and that." The this and the that's are not nearly as important as heaven and hell. Notice in verse 20, it's interesting. My brothers, among anyone among you wanders from the truth, and someone, someone brings him back. Someone. In other words, and here's what I got out of that. Basically this, it's real profound. Someone is going to bring them back. Here's what I, you ready for this? It takes a person according to that. Now, I'm, I'm not going to preach against billboards and tracks, but I am going to, just for a moment, I'm, I'm going to have a little fun. You okay with that? Okay, I'm driving down the highway the other day. I see this billboard. It says, hell is real. Now, I appreciate the guy that's paying 500 bucks a month. I wish he'd support Champion for $500 a month. But that's okay. We'll we'll let him do the hell is real. He's excited about the hell is real thing. And that's good. I'm struggling with thinking somebody's going to be driving down the the highway and feel loved when they see that sign. I'm not against billboards. I I get a track every month from a guy. I don't know why he mails it to me. Same guy, every month. It's a million dollars. Anybody ever seen these? It's just like a million dollars. And it just says on the back, you know you know, uh, what's, you know, uh, man, uh, oh, that verse about, uh, I'm drawing a blank. (laughs) Gain the whole world and lose his own soul. Sorry. So I get this million dollar track and I'm thinking, you know, this, that's the guy that probably leaves the million dollar track with a $5 tip. It ain't going to lead anybody to Christ. And I'm not against tracks. We've got them. I'm all for tracks. But let me tell you something. Tracks are not going to win this world to Christ. Neither is hell is real billboards. What's going to make a difference is face-to-face relationships. See? We, we, we're way too, we're looking for ways to, to dodge the issue. The issue is not, yeah, well, I, I left a track on the urinal. Oh, they got to read it. Let me tell you what they're doing with that thing. They're peeing on it, okay? <laughs> I see them. I, I, they're in the urinal. They're like sitting. I'm like, oh, gross. They're not reading it. You're just feeling like you're Billy Sunday or something because you left a track at the urinal. It's not changing the world. What people need is you to walk up to them and say, God loves you. And he's got a wonderful plan for your life. And I'd love to, I'd love to talk to you sometime about Jesus and introduce them to Jesus. That's what they need. Let me show you what Psalm 126, six says. He that goeth. We like to quote this verse, but why do we like it so much? Why do we like this verse? It's, it's a terrible verse. Because it, it says go, and we ain't going. So why do we quote this verse? It ain't worth quoting. We, we should just never quote this verse again unless we're going to do it. Because it says, he that goeth. You know what goeth means? Go get the wanderers. You said, well, what do you mean? Go? Well, look at it. He that goeth forth and weepeth. This is compassion. He bears precious seed. He he will He'll, he'll plant seed out there. He's going. He's contacting people. He's ministering to people. This dude will come again with rejoicing, bringing the wanderers with him. This is a great verse, if you're willing to go. The problem exists. The remedy is possible. The stakes are high. The stakes are high. Look at the next part of the verse, verse 20. Isn't it interesting that it says, My brother, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings it back, let him No. Eric, James says to me this morning, Eric, hey, Eric, you better let him know the stakes are high. If you're going to preach out of my text, Eric, if you're going to James 19 and 5, 19 and 20, Eric, don't you you skip this part. You let him know something. The stakes are high. Well, what do you want to let... James, what do you want me to let them know? Let them know that whoever brings a sinner back from his wandering shall save a soul from death. Eric, this is serious. We're talking about saving people from death, Mr. Capacey. So if you're going to get up there and preach it, you better let them know that if they do this, if they bring a wanderer home, they save a soul from death. What's that talking about? It's kind of strong, isn't it? Strong language. Would anybody agree with me that that's that's strong language? What's that talking about? Well, it's definitely not talking about physical death, okay? It's just not. I mean, it's talking about the second death. You're not going to save somebody from physical death. It's appointed a man once to die, and after this, the judgment. Everybody's dying. It's talking about the second death. It's talking about Revelation chapter 20 and verse 14, and death And hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. We're talking about saving souls from a literal hell. One of the greatest evidences of authentic Christianity is that they continue in the faith. Don't miss this. I'm going to say this in a very collegiate, professor way. I'm going to talk to you now. I'm not going to preach. I'm going to teach. Because you need to know this. I do believe in the security of the believer. I do. And I do believe if you're saved, you're saved forever. But I believe if you're saved and you get away from God, that you will come back. You're not going to continue in sin. You're going to come back. You see, that's one of the greatest evidences of authentic Christianity. That's what Paul meant when he said in Philippians 1, 6, Be confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will Perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. If God truly saved you, then you are for real, and although you may sow some wild oats, you will come back. But false professions, fake Christians, leave and never come back. That's why the stakes are so high. You get out there, and you try to bring a wanderer back, and they won't come back, they're lost you might could save a soul from hell. This a serious business. We're not just talking about just, just, just bringing somebody back to church. We're talking about potentially saving a soul from hell. True Christians, though they may wander, always come back. It's a risky business to go after wanderers. Very risky. Serious. Stakes are high. But, finally... Has Erica Pacey ever left you on a negative note? I ain't going to do it today. The reward is great. Does that sound positive? That's like super positive. And let me show you how great this is. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and, end of the sermon, are you ready? We'll cover... A multitude of sins. How many of you glad your sins have been covered? Amen. Me too. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We're talking about the reward is great. Psalm 32, 1 says this. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven and whose sin is covered. The wanderer comes back, they're not judged. We don't bring back their sin. We don't, we don't constantly say, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah. No, no, we don't do that. I'm not talking about if someone's got sin in their life, we're dealing with children, they can't work in a children's ministry because of certain things that have happened. We're not dismissing that, but we are saying this. They may not be able to work with children, but we're not writing them off. We're going to work with them, we're going to love them. If they want to come back to God, we're going to restore them and cover their multitude of sins because that's what God says we should do. Look at this next verse. First Peter says, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. I mean, this is, this is full restoration. This is bringing people back to the full. The past is forgiven. The hurts are healed. The sin is covered. Isn't that what the father of the prodigal son did? Isn't that what he did? The guy came home. What did he do? He said, all right, we're going to give you six months, son, if you really mean it. I'll kill the fatted calf Now he killed the fatted calf it ticked his brother off so bad because his father was so excited and acting like nothing ever happened I guess that's kind of how God is God loves me like nothing ever happened he died on the cross for our sins and loves me like nothing ever happened how does God do that? And God wants you and I to to bring wanderers home. And because love covers a multitude of sins, go get the wanderer. My favorite hymn, as many of you know, is Rescue the Perishing. But my second favorite hymn, Come thou fount of every blessing to my heart to sing thy praise. Amen. Streams of mercy never cease, sing, call for songs of loudest praise. Great song. Here's one of the verses. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave, the God I love. The songwriter, Robert Robinson, wrote that song when he was 23 years old. He got called to preach. He was a Methodist, a Methodist preacher back in the 1700s. This song, Come My Fount, is over 250 years old. He writes the song three years after he's called to preach. Isn't it, hey, isn't it beautiful what Jordan wrote this morning? Jordan wrote that song. Jordan, was that the first time you've sung it publicly? Second time. Isn't that great? I mean, he doesn't love us the most, but he loves us second most. I'm just kidding. I'm joking. I, I'm joking. Jordan wrote that song. Isn't it good to know that? that God still likes people writing new songs that get to be sung in church? Yeah. By the way, Come Thou Fountain used to be new. That's just another sermon, but I'm just reminding you of why we don't sing only hymns anymore, okay? Just reminding you that new songs, used, old songs used to be new. So he writes this song, and then he wanders 10 years out in sin. I mean, adultery, Drunkenness. The guy that wrote that song, 20 years. 20 years. I'm not done. 30. 30 years Robert Robinson wandered from God after he wrote Come Thou Found. He's out with his girlfriend, not his wife, his girlfriend. They're out just having a good old time. And she's reading something out loud in a magazine, in a Christian periodical or something. And she begins to read the words of the song, Come Thou Fount, in this article. She comes to the part, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, oh, take and seal it, seal it for thy courts above. And she says, Robert, those are such beautiful words. And Robert said, I wrote those words 30 years ago. 30 years ago. That was the day Robert came home. He came back home and serve God the rest of his life after wandering 30 years after writing the words to one of the most famous hymns ever written I wonder how many of us this morning if we were honest would say I've wandered I've wandered far from home at times I've I've I've, I've made some mistakes I've I've fallen and, and, and been ashamed I've I've been wounded by by a church or by a parent or I've been I've, I've been through some things that I'm not proud of, but I'm so thankful that somebody came and got me and loved me and and, and, and counseled me and brought me back, and I'm sitting here today. I've been given a new start, a new life. And God says, go get them. Go, 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 Go get who, God? Go get people that were like you when you were wandering. Go get them. Go get the April's. Go get the Latayas. Go get them. They're out there. They're a little older now. They're not bus kids anymore, but they're bus moms. They're bus parents. And they're ready to come home. They're people that you work with. They're people that you went to school with. They're people in your family. They're people that live across the street from you. They're all over this town, and they just need to come back home. But they can't do it without someone every head bowed and every eye closed. I just want you to take a moment as our worshipers lead us in a closing song. And I'll tell you ahead of time, we we have nothing nothing left to do but this. And so we'll take a couple of minutes because, you know, maybe it's that you and I need to ask God to orchestrate a moment for us. Maybe we've gotten kind of comfortable what do you think? Me? Yes. I've gotten comfortable. I'm just kind of good. I mean, everything's good. Church is pretty full this morning, and we're okay, aren't we? Well, maybe we are. But what about what about those all over this city who need to come back home? What about those that, that need to know there is a God in heaven who is softly and tenderly calling them back? Jesus is calling he just needs someone someone they'll go get him and bring him back so whoever it is this morning that maybe needs to come and ask God to orchestrate that moment or others that may need to just just come back home this morning just come forward and let one of us up here know maybe what what we can help you with Is is it is it this matter of salvation coming back to the truth of God's great love for you, that you're a sinner, that he loves you, that he died for your sin, that he wants to save you and and you're ready to come home. Maybe it's someone else who would just say, I've been away from God in my marriage. I've been away from my kids and I've not been the kind of parent. I've I've wandered. I've been distracted. I've been wounded. I've been a prodigal. Whatever the situation is, Father, I love you, and I just pray that, God, you would, at this moment, right now, wrap your loving arms around our church. Father, we come to be moved. This is our public gathering every week. We are coming today to be stirred, to be moved, to be changed, to be motivated, to get out of our little world, to become unselfish and determine, God, that you want to use us to bring somebody back to the fold. So God, show us, God, teach us, help us. In Jesus' name, amen. Shall we stand together? Everyone stand. You put your love on the light.